Invoking extraterrestrials. Now more than ever before, individuals are actively reaching out, trying to initiate contact with benevolent beings from other planets and dimensions. Some report seeing UFOs, while others have been visited by beings of light. Both having profound effects on the experiencers. What is the next step forward in this process now that the ETs have made their presence abundantly clear? Consider these things and more on this episode of The Supernatural Explorer. Supernatural Explorers, welcome to episode 24, Invoking Extraterrestrials and What to Do When They Arrive. This episode, I'm going to discuss invoking benevolent extraterrestrials to invite them to come and visit. I'm going to discuss why you would even want to do such a thing, aka, why does this even matter? And third, I'm going to discuss the synchronicities and signs that led me here because that's really the fun part and shows just how guided we all are or can be if we just keep our eyes open. First off, anyone who is truly interested in connecting with ETs should seriously consider the CE5 meditation. CE5, for those of you who are new to all this, stands for Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind Meditation, developed by Disclosure Leader Dr. Stephen Greer. Encounters of the fifth kind are when people initiate the ET contact. For example, a group of people will sit outside in a circle and meditate with peaceful and loving intentions, calling out with their hearts and minds, saying hello to and welcoming extraterrestrials. This technique, when done with pure intentions, often enough results in sightings of both UFOs and extraterrestrial light beings. I touched on this last episode, along with my two UFO sightings that occurred within about 30 days of each other from doing the CE5 meditation about a year ago. When CE5 came back onto my radar last week, I started doing daily meditations again, inviting visitors and contact. From there, I waited to see what would happen next, and just how this episode would unfold. Over the weekend, I was doing chores around the house and catching up on podcasts. One of the first ones I heard was the April 23rd episode of Where Did the Road Go, entitled 
Witness of Another World. Soraya had on guests Joshua Cutchin and Red Pill Junkie to discuss the documentary of the same title, Witness of Another World, available on Amazon Prime. Here's a summary of the film as listed on IMDb. Juan lives a solitary existence on a remote farm ever since he witnessed a UFO event. Filmmaker Alan Stiebelman, together with the help of famous astrophysicist Jacques Vallée, begin an epic journey to help Juan in understanding the deep meaning of his close encounter. This true story shows the long-term consequences of close encounters proving that no one is exempt from a potential contact. I didn't see the film yet, but I'm thinking that may be next on my agenda and perhaps part of a broader topic for my next episode. I love the view Soraya from Where Did the Road Go took in discussing the documentary. The gist of it was that perhaps the intention of encounters isn't good or bad, but can be experienced as both. He surmised that it's a lot like growing pains. I saw that to mean that experiencing encounters is like going through something where the end result, the growth, can be seen as good. But the pain involved during the growth itself can be seen as bad. That idea resonated with me the most, especially with my view that everything happens for a reason, that everything is an opportunity for us to grow, even if we don't like what is happening. So perhaps in Witness of Another World, Juan has a rough go of his growth phase that was initiated by his close encounter, but then it ends with some powerful life-altering lesson. I don't know, i just hoping it has a happy ending. Beyond my listening to and enjoying Where Did the Road Go on Saturday, nothing was sparking this episode of The Supernatural Explorer yet. Even with me now doing daily CE5 meditations again, Yeah, they were very peaceful, relaxing, but I wasn't seeing anything and nothing happened yet that I could do a show on. That was until Monday afternoon rolled around. Very related side note here. For those of you interested in doing CE5 meditations, there is a new app called CE5 Contact. I purchased the app, but I don't use it because I'm already experienced in the technique. I just wanted to support their vision. I also have an older related app called ET Contact. What I like most about the old app is that it has an easy to access magnetometer, or as I like to call it, a magnetometer. And you guessed it, it measures changes in the magnetic field around your phone. To me, this is important because during some contact events, an electronic instrument like the magnetometer, might be the first thing to alert meditators that ETs have arrived. So following along, I now have a magnetometer out and on while I meditate and reach out with my peaceful, loving, conscious intentions to make contact. Just like I did Monday afternoon. After about a half hour of meditating while looking out my bedroom window, I started to get a little sleepy. I decided if the ETs wanted to contact me, 
they could wake me up via the alarm on my magnetometer. So I laid down and relaxed, while also making sure I maintained my conscious intention to connect. As I entered a twilight state, right before going unconscious, my magnetometer suddenly started going off, and I was like, yes! Considering there were no other obvious changes in the room, I hadn't shifted positions, my cat hadn't suddenly jumped on the bed, my heating system hadn't just kicked on or off, nothing changed. Considering that, I immediately took the meter going off to mean that my ET friends were here. So I jumped up and went to the window. Not only didn't I see anything, but my magnetometer stopped buzzing. I received the intuition to lay back down on the bed and relax. So I did as I was directed. I once again allowed myself to drift toward twilight and once again the magnetometer alarm started going off. Only this time, I stayed relaxed and opened myself to what was obviously there but I couldn't see. I felt something start to manipulate my energy as if I was getting Reiki. I felt my energy shifting around, loosening, releasing, and then dramatically expanding and my consciousness with it. This was no small deal. It felt like a tidal wave had risen inside of me and I had to consciously stay balanced to ride it. With it came the intuition as to just what was happening. Had I not known any better, this experience could have indeed been perceived as chaotic or bad or perhaps even as an attack. A past version of me would have definitely experienced some anxiety or even panic. Luckily, I knew better by now how and why it was all happening and what it all meant. But I'd have to wait to get my thoughts down. It took a solid 30 minutes for the wave of energy inside me that was me to settle down and rejoin the ocean of my physical body. Then all became as peaceful, calm, and still as a lake that doesn't even have the slightest ripple in it. An experience for me that even topped seeing UFOs in the sky after calling out to connect with them. I went to bed the next few nights with my magnetometer on and the invitation open to my extraterrestrial friends to visit whenever they wanted. It didn't go off at all. So this morning, I went through the same routine from Monday afternoon to see if that would once again elicit a response on the magnetometer. Still nothing. Instead, I got an energetical visit that I could feel that came with downloads and answers. The point of invoking benevolent extraterrestrials through pure intentions is not to have them arrive via some form, whether it be UFOs as light beings or meter alarms. I mean, how boring would any gathering be if the point was to just arrive? Arriving is just the first step. The second and vital step is interacting, communing. Now, how do you interact and commune with beings flying on crafts that you may or may not be able to see? You do it the same way you call out to them, using your consciousness, your mind, your intentions. 
In this way, via the connection, they can help lift us up out of the vibe we're in and, more correctly, show us the way to a new vibe. If you think about things in terms of a general vibe and different levels of vibration, then reality can become a lot clearer, a lot less dramatic. And we all know about vibes. I mean, think about the vibe you're in right now and compare this vibe to a time when your life was rougher. You can see how if you compare those two vibes, one is significantly different than the other, higher than the other. And it's blatantly annoying how our lower vibes always cause us to see less possibilities and how wonderful that our higher vibes always seem brighter and more promising. If you think about it, it's not the world that determines our vibe. How we view the world does. And defending our views does even more so. Our thoughts create our vibes. That's the truth, whether you choose to blame it on the world or not. Our thoughts create the mental and emotional effects that things have on us. It's also true that even without changing anything you think or believe, if you just think less about everything, it affects you less. And the less you think, and the more you stop reinforcing the vibe you're in, the more you can allow for another's higher vibes to influence you, to elevate you. An important thing to note about vibes is that every higher level of vibration holds more possibilities and more access to knowledge. Our world collectively holds itself where it is because if we were prematurely leveled up without first becoming better or doing better, we would, out of habit, use those advanced possibilities and knowledge to destroy our planet and ourselves even faster than we already are. So evolution of a society calls for the refinement of the individual. Change, as always, happens from the inside out. We need to change the world inside of us to change the world outside of us. This is nothing new. Meditation is great because in and of itself, it aids in this by providing stillness, providing a rest. Nature shows us that when it's allowed to rest, it heals. Our minds and what comes out of our mouths as a result sets the vibe for the planet just as much as what we physically do to it, good or bad. If we too are to heal, we must rest, and the vital thing that needs to rest is life's major influencer, our minds. So that's step one. Step two is reaching out to more advanced beings that are the juxtaposition from where we are to where we want to be. ETs have shown that they can come into the physical from the light and they know how to return to the light. And all are welcome in the light. The trick is being able to, or worthy of, becoming as light, with or without the help of technology. Our benevolent ET friends know the way, 
They have arrived, and now they are waiting to hang out, to connect, and to help us. If after doing CE5-type meditations, we were to keep our minds still and invite benevolent ETs to work with us, our energy, then they can literally hold us in an elevated vibe and have us experience that. Then, we can learn how to emulate that vibe for ourselves. All good stuff. However, one does not simply learn the way to go from matter to energy to light without unloading a lot of baggage along the way. Everything that ties us to our current vibe, our current reality, good or bad, acts like a physical anchor. As we experience higher vibes, things will release for us, sometimes like a wave, sometimes much smaller, and will come into our consciousness as lessons we need to learn to proceed on the journey. A concrete example of this, a personal experience, is the more I let go of caring what others think in relation to living my life's purpose, the lighter I become. And if I was unable to let that kind of stuff go, then I'd be weighing myself down by choice. We always have free will. But if I do ever want help releasing anything, my ET friends can lend me the training wheels of the higher vibes until I learn to ride those vibes without them. A brief but further detail on all this for those who are really interested in trying this out. Everything that is brought to our attention to examine and then to either let go or to hold on to for now can come up in a spectrum of ways. On the easier, more graceful side, the baggage is brought to your attention as energy that is then objectively recognized with very minimal words from you and balanced with the ET's help so it then can be released by you. On the harder side of the spectrum, the baggage is brought to your attention, your words start expressing it, you start reliving past dramas, memories, reenactments, and emotions associated with that energy, riding out where that takes you. And with your energy now fully in your possession again, your ET connection is severed and you got to try again another time. Just be sure you are consciously choosing and honoring the way of releasing baggage that works best for you. I choose not to give things a lot of words. I like to to get to the point, to the lesson, draw the lesson out, let the energy balance and let the energy go so I can release that baggage and lighten up. With that, what I'm personally planning on doing moving forward because it's like a two birds with one stone kind of deal, is I'm going to CE5 meditate myself to sleep every night, leaving myself open for benevolent ETs to work on me. I figure while I'm in a restorative sleep state, energies can arise and resolve, and maybe any important lessons or messages can be gently delivered via my dreams worth a shot and if it works maybe i'll call the process microdosing 
extraterrestrial inceptions. For those of you who are interested in making ET contact in the way I'm talking about, but have any concerns, you could make sure you are super clear about your will and intentions. So say whatever you need to that brings you comfort beforehand. Like, I only want the good vibes, I don't want any bad ones. And ask your guardian angels or whatever to make sure they oversee all ET Reiki sessions. Protect yourself in white light, etc. For others out there who may be thinking, why not just go to the source itself for help? Whether you call that God or whatever. Well, when that question popped into my mind during my latest E.T. Reiki session, a version of an old story immediately popped into my mind as an answer. One that I'm going to close today's show with. A man awoke one day to find his whole town actively flooding. From his second story window, he stared in shock at the scattered sea of treetops, chimney tops, and occasional rooftops. The rising water, now seeping through his bedroom carpet, suddenly chilled his bare feet, snapping him out of his daze. He quickly grabbed his wife's picture from the bedstand and headed out a side window, climbing the fire escape to make it onto the roof. With the water still rising and no way out, he clutched his wife's picture against his chest and prayed to God to help him. Almost immediately, such that even he couldn't believe his ears, he heard what sounded like a boat engine approaching. The E.T. driving the boat quickly spotted the man and sped over to offer him a ride to safety. The man politely declined, saying, No thanks, friend. I've called out to God. I'm going to wait for him to come and help me. Well, that's all for today's show. Till next time, everyone. Peace.